what I am thinking about is us wheezing <laughs> at 1 a.m. this morning because we're talking about how I've been to a conference and I had thrown some confetti on you and a uh-huh. very tall man. And then I came home from that conference <laughs> and I woke up the next morning and I was like, Lord, what do I need to do today? And he was like, return your rental car, send a Facebook message. And so we were reading this Facebook message, which is like perfect now. But at the time, you know, the things that are only <laughs> funny at 1 a.m. Yes. And then the things that are also funny at 3 p.m. Those mm-hmm. are the really funny things. And that's why I'm like. It's still funny because you did that. Yeah, I did. And I would like to say that my track record of unashamedly saying or not saying exactly what I feel in that department is still going pretty well. But like Kendra, Kendra, what we're really laughing about is my sister's response to Has the Kendra news. Has Kendra been on the point? The point. The point. No, the point no, she hasn't been on the podcast. She hasn't been on the podcast. Okay, so they don't know like my favorite voice of all time. Yes. So okay. my sister sounds like this. <laughs> and I told her I sent that Facebook message and she said, You did what? <laughs> I can hear it. You did what? She was like <laughs> She was like, I can't even I can't even listen to the rest of this. I can't even <laughs> I cannot. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna pull ourselves together and we're gonna get back to the confetti. Yes. And we're gonna start the podcast. Yes. In three, two hi i'm melinda poitras and you're listening to he said she said the one with books and bros and i am here with one of my best today and i've alluded to this in a couple of other podcasts but we're going to talk about the spoken word poem i wrote about egos and about my future husband, or what I felt to be was my future husband. No offense. It was the best one that you've ever done. And I'm not just saying that because of, like, what you're going to say. It was the best ever. I remember sitting, reading it. When? What year? 27? No. 2007? Yeah, maybe so. It may have been 2007. Well, it was after I met you on the internet. Yes. This is the reason I believe in internet romance, because this is the best, one of the best relationships. Please clarify. Internet platonic romance. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So sorry. Um, Just because I... Well, speaking of sending random messages... Yeah. You know, you said that you do that, Mm -hmm. which is fine. I mean, I don't do that. That was why we were laughing. Right. No, you know, of course not. (laughs) But, like, I really usually don't do that. I also really don't usually do <laughs> Anyway, continue. I digress. I did that. Mm-hmm. I actually did that. And um, I saw your dad at a large gathering mm-hmm. in in the month of January in the South. And I was, I was like, hey, I need your daughter's email address because I don't know her, but we need to be friends. And literally never met you. And mm-hmm. that's how this started. And thank God that it did. Thank God that it did. And we've never stopped talking. Mm-mm. And we never will. No. Including on into eternity. So I'm very excited about that. So I was on AIM and you had messaged me. I had written on my blog a poem. Yes. And this was, my heart was actually V broken at the time that I wrote this poem. Yes. So it was honestly just kind of my like, take that. 
you know <laughs> apparently i'm also my sister in this time but it was She's an interesting nervous. it was an interesting moment because like it was so like i remember feeling so strongly about it like you know when you're writing something that's like mm-hmm. prophetic right and i felt so strongly about it and i wrote it and you loved it and it was last year Mm-hmm. Um, there are two things I want to say about it. I've mentioned this on an earlier podcast. One, that it was because of that poem that I got to speak at a gathering. Yes, because I sat there with my mother and I was like, Mom, you have to listen, like, you have to read this because I can't even say it without crying. You have to read this for yourself. And then she started crying and she said, Melinda will come and speak. This mm-hmm. is, uh, we, we need to hear from her. Melinda will come and speak. Yeah. So that happened. Mm-hmm. And I had actually been in my hotel room, like, face to floor, like, I'm only even here because of this poem. And, like, where is he? <laughs> God, where is he? So that had been a moment. And then I got a new prayer journal mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year last year. And I put, I was putting all the things the Lord has spoken to me about my husband in there. And the poem didn't fit. It didn't belong there. And so we kind of had a conversation about that. There mm-hmm. were some specific things in it that will not pertain to my husband. Um, so we talked about that. But we just kind of had a conversation. I was like, well, I thought it was prophetic. And he was like, yeah, it just wasn't about your husband. And then I remem- remembered. Remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I remembered. <laughs> but I remembered. It was just like, you know, like if you're watching a movie, which we would never do. And then like all the <laughs> flashbacks. All the flashbacks, I cannot see. <laughs> flashbacks start happening, and like all the stuff, yes. you know, like you just when realization hits yes. you. And I just remember that ladies' conference and me throwing confetti on a tall man who was definitely very present. And I was like, oh, he was there. He just wasn't my husband. And I texted you. Yes. And you may take it from here. And you texted me, and you said you you need to reread this. Um, God told me to write this for you, but I didn't know that at the time because I thought I was writing it for me, but I'm writing this for you. And I kid you not, word for word, I am standing in Meyer grocery store with awkwardly heaving, crying with, with people passing by awkwardly and possibly feeling pity. But since it's the Midwest, they will never say it and they will just keep passing by. And I am standing there like the scripture, I, I knew thee, I knew thee in the womb. Like I knew thee, I formed thee, I knew thee. It just, it all, it all made so much sense. And so, yeah, I would love to read that, but like, I cannot read that. Like you are the only person that can read that. (laughs) I feel like you should add that in. Maybe a footnote at the end okay. of you reading that. I can do that. Or maybe we could just get some audio from a, an event that From an happened. event that recently happened. Yeah. Where I did, um, I did read that aloud. You did. It's a good time. And it was beautiful. It was so wonderful. The best thing about that is after said event, everyone kept saying, oh, you just read that poem that Kendra wrote so beautifully and it just meant the world to me because that's how it should not have meant the world to you because I'm like I am not like that talented like I cannot spell the word pen in comparison to to the talent that that was written you've got okay 
you have you have to read it for him. I will. You have to read it for him. We'll put it at the end. Okay. We'll find someone. Okay. Who can do that? Okay. Yeah. All right. The, hopefully, hopefully the recipient of a random Facebook message will find the will find the time. Hopefully, so. <laughs> be able to find the time. I just it, but no, like it was that eerily specific. Like that's what it was. I remember. eerily specific. So down super to cool. guitar strings and aerodynamics won't matter. And things I can fabricate out of thin air. Yes. Like, what were the three? It was, oh, biblical application. Biblical application. Tall tales. Tall tales and nervous, nervous breakdowns. breakdowns. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, three for three. <laughs> three for three, Melinda. Yes, I can. The best about this is that we are, like, very similar. But I think that I told you this, that, like, I was writing to, like, the version of myself that I wish that I were. Because apparently you are my perfect yeah. woman also. I can't. So. I cannot with you, Melinda. <laughs> so there's that. Um, just anything else that you want to say right now about any of this or friendship or marriage or poetry, you just go ahead. The tall man that mm-hmm. Melinda is referring to is my husband, um, who coincidentally but not so coincidentally, loves her very much. I love him so much. And wishes that he could be in this car right now. Pro- he probably wouldn't be in the car, though. He'd probably be outside mm. um, sitting in that park, loving nature. Um, he is an amazing man. And I've been away from him for, like, a week now. Is that it? Mm. Oh, man, that's the worst. Like, when you, whenever you're newly wed... Don't do that. Like, just, just, yeah. Just travel together. And, yeah. Um, he's a great man. And he loves Melinda very much. In fact, he's probably one of the most faithful followers of the podcast. <laughs> and I've, I've committed in my heart that I'm not telling him about this episode. I am just going to just let just it. Just let it happen. Just let yes. it happen. Yeah. Um, and, and see how that fares. Um, a lot of people are probably like, well, she's going to learn a lot about communication um, early on in her marriage. Yes, I am. <laughs> but I have learned that through listening to your podcast, and I'm loving... Okay, shout out to Cynthia on singleness that is that is on this podcast. Cynthia, if you're listening, uh, call me because you've got some great stuff. And <laughs> actually, yeah, you really need to give me your number. I will. Okay, I'm sorry. But all of the all of the great things that she has said, and all of all of the episodes about different people, married people, single people, it's really cool because I got married whenever I was thirty, and that's like the age where all of the girls, like all of the younger girls, are like, I just want to be married by the time that I'm thirty, because whenever you turn thirty, you're so old and decrepit that you know. Uh, like your skin is, uh, you know, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying. And it's it's just this this myth. And like I said it, I was that girl. And then you get married when you're 30, and you're like, wow, I cannot recommend this enough. I cannot recommend traveling and going every place that you can go, and living for God as hard as you can. It's like my dad said so many times. You know, you live for God, you run the race, and then whenever it's time to get married in your mind you look over and you see who's beside you mm-hmm. and if there's nobody you keep running yeah. but you just you just constantly look over and look beside you and, and see if there's anyone there 
Um, I don't know if that was the case with Derek, if, if it happened like that. Mm. Um, I feel like an asteroid hit the earth. Um, <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel like I was running from myself. Um, you know, I could be like a little arrogant and say I was running the race and living for the Lord, but I was, I was probably running from myself. I was in a very, very odd time, a lot of transition. And then boom, you know, um, there he was. Mm -hmm. So I guess proverbially that did happen. But in my life, it was, it was a confetti cannon that went off really, really quickly. And, um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really know what all I said right there. It was a lot. It was like you took the top (laughs) off of a blender, but that is how I feel about it. And I feel that, I feel that God writes really complex stories and they're thrillers Mm -hmm. that's that's what I believe that's what I believe and the great part about the stories that God writes is that there is always an ending we are not promised what kind but it is an expected ending Mm -hmm. it is so to all of my to all of my friends and I've loved I've loved every perspective on this podcast like shout out and props to you for all of the people that you have on here and the variety that you have I love it I love listening every every week but but to add just like a tiny little fleck or speck of of glitter into the into the variety wait on the Lord run really really hard for the Lord and uh yeah you might be 30 you might be 40 you might be 50 but i promise you it will be better than you could have ever imagined yeah i do want to say about the tall man whom i love with my whole heart oh, me too i know you wouldn't have cried about that at any time i know no. <laughs> i know <laughs> no. i'm not my, crying now I'm no not. of course not but whom I love with my whole heart about expected endings. I just, just the minute that he came on the scene, we were talking about this last night, mm-hmm. how I just kind of watched the Lord download the DNA of the story into you and how ups, downs, hills, valleys, it didn't mm-hmm. matter. Like, I am team Lex for life. So. Man. Man. It was, it was crazy. And you know what? Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. Like, everybody's story is totally different and I think that what sidetracks a lot of single girls maybe single guys um I know that you know guys guys have a ton of feelings too that that might not come out so Mm -hmm. visibly but I think what sidetracks them is that we esteem a lot of people in our lives and and I love love the concept of discipleship mentorship I, I love that I think it's very biblical but I think that sometimes we misplace our priorities and we mis we misplace people and put them on pedestals that that we have to be and our journey has to be exactly like their journey, and so we take whatever happened at our most esteemed couple or our most esteemed uh, mentor. We take whatever happened in their life, and we try and make every single element of how long they dated or how they met or how it happened, and we try and apply it to our own and. The one thing that I love about God so much is that he does not create any one person the same. And he does not create any one story the same. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that that I love to tell like our students and our teenagers about not trying to, um, to replicate someone that you respect in a in a verbatim way as mm-hmm. far as their journey and let God really write your story. I know it sounds super cliche, but... 
it's it's going to work different for every single person and man i mean the way that it the way it worked for us is immediately when i saw that man the lord spoke to me and said the search is over mm-hmm. and um the lord did not speak to him that fast no. i venture to say maybe it took a couple <clears throat> of years um, what a party it was a party it was a whole party <laughs> it was a whole party um i for sure did not tell him like i wanted to i wanted yes. to just jump out of my skin and be like hi <laughs> you know this is this is what the lord said um i didn't tell him that until probably maybe the week before we got married mm. yeah so i tried to be like mary and keep those things and ponder them in her heart yes. but it came out the week before our wedding so you know, yeah it works. came out a little early Okay. I guess. I don't guess. I know. Let's all keep speaking to who the Lord says to speak to and sticking with who the Lord says to stay with. And let's all be better together, knowing that we're headed toward an expected end. Yes. Somewhere there is a man, and I will know him on sight when and where the time is right. He will look just like a graveyard, the perfect place to bury all of that unhappy poetry, the perfect plot on which to scatter those burning putrid rhymes, a place to leave the flowers of all the prose I've lost to dry out and die out, words echoing off of granite tombstones etched with past hopes, no more listening for remnants or struggling to cope, all voices not his will be mute in the dark, stands as illegible, all else a dead language. And speaking of language, though he will often sound like scripture, he will still speak mine, Understand that I would rather tip the scales than remain minuscule in any area. That I believe in happy endings so much that it can bruise me. That I warm up those park benches faithfully, though few captains seem to choose me. That I get dizzy and dazed from all the spinning and the living. He will not merely stand and take whatever I'm giving, but do whatever it takes because he wouldn't want to lose me. He will come equipped with towels, life jackets, and a sturdy flashlight. The towels are for when the ice gets thin and I, ignoring him, fall in. And he will save the lecture for later, pull me up, and skate me straighter. The life jackets are for when I rock the boat, because I rant and rave, want and waver on a whim. And though he won't ever judge or gloat, he will know for all my spunk I cannot swim. The flashlight is because I love the dark, and I can walk in it with ease. But when I trip at times, a chance to scrape and bloody up my knees, I could illuminate the night a little, provide some light a little, if you please. While he may call me princess if he pleases, he will never call me sweet. He won't make my life complete because I complete before him and made to compliment. And each moment of my time from encouragement to argument will be viewed as just that, a compliment. Because that is what it is. And he will appreciate it. He will also appreciate all of the things I can manufacture out of thin air, like tall tales, biblical application, and nervous breakdowns. He'll reach to turn my phone off and I won't care. I'll care less about everything because he will carry half of it. He'll have better vision than I do. He won't even need glasses to see the magic in my morbid, the hope in the hurricane, the joy in the storm even before it passes. He will see me, and he will say it. And, Mrs. Darling, he will say, as you know, I am much good at working sums and not much good at working ties, and I don't know if this will interest, but I was thinking if we raise the children up in Neverland, they won't need to seek it out by heading for the sky before the proper time to fly. And I will smile and tell him, I have already looked this up on Pinterest. And we will paint Peter's shadow on our nursery wall. And he won't mind I don't outgrow my Wendy complex. He won't mind it. Not at all. Since it seems I spent a lifetime building lost boys up whole like Legos, we'll live our love from scratch, write the recipe together. And he'll let me skip scratch for store-bought and bring our boys up on Egos. 
as long as we also feed them Lewis. Our children will never open a closet without feeling for the back of it. Speaking of books that will not be without, they will lay down to sleep on scripture, they will wake up to play on scripture, they will run all day on scripture, and never know the lack of it. I will lace up their shoes with guitar strings, and fly their kites with shoestrings, and aerodynamic correctness and facts and practicality will not enter our minds at all until Dad gets home. Home to find the house in order and swept clean of all debris, except for the fairy dust we've left sprinkled as we went skipping through it. He'll grin at the senseless shine because he always knew it. The fairy dust comes with the territory that is me. He will teach me that not everything glitter is golden. I will teach him that some things that glitter are. He won't let me say yin and yang, I fear, due to ties to pagan religion, but he will be the yin to my yang just the same. We will make a living on old poetry and new ideas and hymns and harmonies and hope. Every mirror in our house will be hung in order to search for a glimpse of Jesus. And if we love him right, some days we just might see him at last, each and the others laugh. We will learn to love as he does, in much practice find the path. I know it seems my brain and heart and words are open private fields. Trespassers will be hugged on sight. And if you think I share too much, it's possible you are right. It's just that I know somewhere there is a boy who was built by books, made for a girl who has used them as pillows in cars, on planes, by train. They have taken her farther than her feet ever could. And her feet, they've taken her far. Her hopes are not in vain because while he's hard to spot by looks, he is out there all the same. He may be distorted by fog, continents away and unseen before, next door, housed in the form of a frog or sunning on some distant shore. But when she's meant to see him, she will. When he's meant to find her, he will. And she being Kendra will say, this may seem crazy, but I wrote you down before we met. And almost regret that she said it. And he being Derek will smile one she's not seen yet and say, I know, I read it. You've been listening to He Said, She Said, where whether we actually got around to discussing any books or chatting with any bros or not, we are, now and always, so glad you stopped by to listen. We hope your time here cemented the truth found in the best book ever written and deepened your relationship with a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for pressing play. Thank you for making space. We'll catch you next week, same time, same place. Thank you.